Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Happy New Year, everyone. Welcome back to The Roker Report. There's loads to discuss today, and to join me in my rants and speculations, we have a few of The Roker Report lads with us. We're here with James. How was the New Year, James? It was all good. Still nursing a bit of a hangover, but all good, mate. All good. It means it was definitely a good time. What about you, Tom? How are you getting on? Yeah, I'm all right. I'm the same. I'm still recovering. First day back at work's never the never nice oh, after all that. Grim. Yeah. We've got a new guest here. It's Carl. How are you doing, Carl? Welcome to the show. Evening, folks. How's it going? Yeah, not too bad, not too bad. I suppose we should probably jump off from the positive, which was uh, our match against Liverpool. Uh, the hard-fought two-all draw. Uh, for me, personally, I would say that was very well-deserved by our team. Uh, what are your thoughts on that, Tom? Yeah, yeah, it was It was a nice end to the what has been quite a horrific Christmas period. Um, but yeah, I've... I've I think I was like a lot of us. I thought we were going to get in, go into this and get absolutely mullered. Uh, but it's nice to show that they actually were able to give a response that Moyes clearly wanted after um, after Burnley. I mean, when he said he was dire against Burnley, he was he was round the money, and it was nice to it's nice to actually show they've still got that fight in them, and it's not it's not going to be a lost cause just yet. And I think I think really we could have we could have snicked we could have nicked it. Defoe's chance when he went through him on. Mignolet, I don't remember Mignolet ever doing that for us, like, but... Uh, <laughs> but I mean, yeah. he missed two sitters, didn't he? As far as I could tell, he definitely missed two sitters there. I mean, yeah, we yeah. could have easily won that game 4-2. Do you know what I mean? It could have been more than that, actually. We had a, a clear a clear penalty turned down, something that I didn't think was a clear handball until I actually saw the uh, stills of it a couple of hours after yeah, the game. Yeah, that was uh, that was interesting. The debate on whether or not his arm was in an unnatural position, um, whether it had been kicked straight at him. Yes, Yanazai did go to flick the ball past him, but if you see it on the on the still, his arm is it's in a place where it shouldn't be. Do you know what I mean? Obviously, we don't go in for challenges like that with our arms with our hands tied behind our back. It's, it's difficult to do so. Or players don't. I don't really have much call to these days. My Premier League days are over. You know, <laughs> to be camera leg. Yeah. Um, Yes. Yeah, so well, no, I thought the Emery Chan one was uh, I, I called it as a penalty straight away, mm. but we got two. Well, Liverpool managed to give us two anyway, so yeah, we can't, can't we be can, too greedy. Can't really complain that we didn't get enough penalties that day, I suppose. <laughs> no. I mean, what do we, no, we, what do we make of the lineup, well, James? Well, I was devastated the moment I saw it because I saw Jack, Jack Rodwell playing, um, but he he was all right, wasn't he? He, he? 
a much better performance than I've ever seen from him. I think he forced a decent save from Mignolet. Um, he seemed to impose himself a bit more than he's ever done. Um, some good blocks and his ball retention was quite good. Um, I thought Didier Ndong had his best game in a Sunderland shirt. I thought he was all over the pitch. I thought he was absolutely brilliant. He still could use the ball a bit better, um, but he just he, he was cutting passing lanes. He was he was he was all over the pitch, and he did really really well to win that um, to win Defoe's penalty at the start. Um, overall, I mean, we were very good value for a point. As you said before, we could have we could have easily nicked it, but Vito Manoni made some unbelievable saves, especially in the first half, which was in stark contrast to his performance against Burnley, which was just dire. Um, so, if you'd offered me a point before ma- before the match, I'd have bitten your hand off. So I'm over the moon with it, really. Yeah, I mean you can't complain. As you said rightly, I say we could have snatched it, but they could have easily demolished us, really, if it wasn't. I think. Manoni made 13 saves. Is that right? 13 saves to kick them out, and some of them were fantastic, especially after that dire performance, as we said before, at Burnley. And you were looking at him and thinking yeah. all you could remember was Southampton, so you know what I mean, and Villa afterwards, uh, and the you, amount of goals right. and games he's conceded. And I was uh-huh. thinking, oh, my God, there's going to be another terrible run, and we're going to get a 20-goal deficit. It's going to be awful. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's funny you mention that, because during the Burnley game, I was, I was watching it, I was thinking this. it had etchings of that Saints game, didn't it, where... They were just so poor at the back. I mean, for all John O'Shea's experience, he looked like a it looked like he's having his debut or something. He was all over the place. Gillabodji was poor. Uh, I don't think it was helped by the fact that we had to change shape within. I think it was about fifteen minutes, didn't we? When Kone went off, um, but fair play to the lads. I mean, they they couldn't have they couldn't have turned it around any better, really. I mean, Liverpool are, are a really really class side. Um, I thought I thought the way I thought they were really good. I think if maybe if we'd had someone like Victor Nietzsche be there, he may have proved a, a better outlet because I think at times, especially Fabio Barini, he, was, he wasn't he wasn't poor, but I mean he he should have done better. I mean the the, the one chance he did have um, was the one was the rebound after uh, Defoe's shot, wasn't it? And, and he didn't do that that well with that. He, if you actually look at the look at his shot, he does have. Uh, an option in Ndong to his left-hand side where if he chooses the pass, Ndong pretty much has a tap-in. So um, other than that, I thought lads were, lads were really, really decent. Really decent. Mm. They're saying about uh, Barini, he also had that chance in the second half where I was just screaming for him to hit it just one touch earlier. It seems to be, he seems to do that quite regularly. He gets in these scoring positions and it's just one touch too many and then he gets closed down. I mean, Defoe's screaming for it to be laid off, but it was always it was always his chance if he just took it a bit earlier than yeah. make the keeper work. What do you what do you all make of the fact that Fabio tried to take the ball off Defoe for the penalty? Because can you? I, I didn't I, see I, that. I, like, I, I didn't I, see that. Yeah, I, I mean, I think in a way that's that's quite good. We've got players who who are confident they want to score. Yeah, I'd rather have. I know people find isn't really what you want to see, but at least the players are showing a bit of that they want to score. They want to they want to take the. That um, they've got the confidence to take the penalty themselves. Yeah, he wants the responsibility. I guess. Yeah, that's the word. You'd rather have that. You'd rather have that than them shirking away from it. Um, I mean, even similarly with with that in mind, when you consider that Liverpool's also his former club, there is obviously something that he he felt the need to get on the score sheet against them. Yeah, you're probably right. I think I, I just thought it put it put unnecessary pressure on Jermaine Defoe. I mean, Jermaine Defoe's 
as cool as out anyway, isn't it? Yeah, what pressure but, on that? <laughs> but I, I did think if if Defoe had gone and missed that penalty, um, I think Barini would be in for a bit of a hiding in the changing room because it, it did put a bit of a bit of pressure on him. But I mean, fair play to Defoe. Both of his penalties. I mean, the first one, no one saves that. It is no. a phenomenal, phenomenal well, strike. Really I thought that had gone wide at first. Actually, it was so good. It was so hard. <laughs> yeah, yeah, my heart was in my mouth. I thought bloody hell, he's missed, but. It was, you don't get much better than that. No, it was impe- impeccably placed, you've got to say that, and with just enough power. I mean, when you consider Mignolet nearly got to it as well, it went in the right direction, so it wasn't like he didn't trick the keeper or anything like that. It was just real yeah. pedigree that came out of that shot. And similarly, yeah, the second one, I, I would agree with that as well. Well, we've mentioned uh, we've, got, we've got bloody loads of questions on Twitter. I'll do my best to get through some of them. Um, James mentioned John O'Shea earlier. We've got a question here from Michael. He's saying, for all the years of defending and the titles he's won, is John O'Shea struggling to lead the back line? Now, what would you say to that, Carl? I don't think he's struggling at all. I mean, obviously, Burnley was a horror show. You know, it's all right, it's done with. But against Liverpool, the defence was really solid, I thought. And, you know, O'Shea, he's been there, he's done it. You can see him talking players through the game. I noticed, especially with Donald Love, you know, he was pointing at Love, saying do this, do that, be here. So I don't really think there's much of a problem. I don't know either. I, 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 I think he had he has as much of a, a woeful display at Turf Moor it was for him. I, I think he was he was very, very solid against Liverpool. He was back to his assured best. I do think that is mainly because we actually sat a lot deeper, didn't we? I think against Burnley, we played quite an unnecessarily high line at times. And when you've got someone like you know, Gray that Burnley have, is it Andre Gray, I think? And he um, he's so quick that I think it it puts it puts John O'Shea under more pressure because he knows that he's he's he was slow in his in his prime. Never mind now. Mm. So when when we sit a lot deeper, he's definitely a lot more comfortable. Well, that for me is is I mean I, I'm I'm quite a detractor of John O'Shea. I mean I, I can completely appreciate his experience, and I've. As have we all, I've witnessed him have some fine performances in the last year. Do you know what I mean? Despite his age, I, I, to be honest, I thought he'd go on Wes Brown did, um, but no, he didn't. I, well, that's, that's clearly for financial reasons, I suppose. But it's also said about him that he's a fantastic skipper. He's a real personality in the, in the dressing room and things like that. Yeah, exactly right. And I think we definitely need him. But also on that note, when you consider, didn't he start in central midfield against Burnley? He kind of was. Was it? Was he maybe slightly in front of yeah. the back? Two? Yeah, it was, it was, it was more like a, well. a defensive mid. I, th- I actually thought it was a good decision by Moyes to play him there. I mean, well, he was heading everything away. Oh yeah, but <laughs> well, like I mean, someone said, is, Carl's got a like someone because, said earlier, yeah. uh, it wasn't. It was when Cole had to go off and O'Shea went back, mm. which it's a bit weird considering how we performed yesterday, but. I think until Corny went off, we were actually the better team against Burnley. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I've got something a bit a bit controversial to say in the sense that I I, I really don't believe that Lamin Kone was was injured. I, honestly, I I think the way he's acted at times this season, like I, it would not surprise me if he has one eye on the African Cup of Nations and he used it to get out of the game because he doesn't want to miss it. Mm. I, I would just, uh, I would back up that conspiracy theory as well because uh, he he walked off just because uh, I was quite near the front. I had a, a a lovely seat literally next to the Burnley fans which was horrible for all the way through. But I don't know what was wrong with him. Uh, was it? I don't know what he'd done to himself. But he, when he came off after about 15 minutes, I was like, yeah, that makes a bit of sense. You don't really want to play to yeah. more freezing 
freezing on a, like New Year's Eve when I've got to fly out to uh, is it Gabon? Yeah, next it day. is. Yeah. And it'll be you know bang up for playing in that tournament, a tournament they, they probably could win. So yeah, it wasn't that surprising when he went hobbling off. And a tournament that would yeah. also lead to uh, him being put up in the shop window. I mean, if he performs yeah, exactly. Do you know what I mean? That'll improve his. Yeah. Time. I mean, I'm, I wouldn't. None of us would be surprised to hear that you already had a move in the works to a specific club, be it Everton or something like that, or maybe Palace. No. Allardyce is there. But I'm not sure if that would happen, but it might. It's a London club. You never know. That could give him more of an allure than Merseyside. Well, I, th- I think I think if anyone meets the 25 million buyout clause, he'll go. It's as simple as that. I mean, he, we too as well, aren't we? Yeah, I, this is the thing. I think David Moyes handled the Lamine Kone situation pretty much perfectly because he was setting out his stall to say, "Look, you can't just chuck your toys out your pram and walk over us here." He had to make a stand and show that he was the boss, and he did. And Lamine Kone came out worse because, for all of his. Twitter, hashtag Team Kone and all this bollocks that he goes on about. He's the first one to chuck his toys out of his pram and look for a new deal. So I think if he were to go in January, we'd miss him because he's a fantastic centre-half. But his attitude is, is certainly questionable at times. You can't sell him to Palace, though. No. But then, do, you often, do, do, you, do you seriously think... I, I can't see Palace being in and around the relegation zone now. Now they've got Sam. Mm. They've got a really decent side. Like They've got some decent players. I... I wouldn't. I'd think they'll finish comfortably lower mid-table now. Unfortunately, under Pardew, I'd say they'd go down, but not under Sam. And they've got two decent centre halves in Dan and Delaney. Is it at the back? Yeah. So is it, they've got. Um, is it Tompkins yeah, as well? Tompkins. He's that. Yeah, yeah, Tompkins, yeah. So he's not bad. But no, I mean. So you don't want him. <laughs> we don't want that happening, but it is going to happen. So. So it's impromptu turned into a palace podcast. A bit of a palace. Should <laughs> well, we get some back. of those like Before... flares and stuff dancing around in black shirts or something? Oh no. <laughs> Before we go on to um, the January transfer window, we mentioned Rodwell earlier. Also, a question. I might as well put one of the questions out here. Dan DeLeo, was that the real Rodwell? I don't know. I don't know if it was the real Rodwell. It certainly wasn't the Rodwell we've been used to for the last few years. Yeah, what is the real Rodwell? Exactly. If that is the real Rodwell, then please stand up. Yes, we'd be happy with that. But, um, yeah, on his performance, it was a fantastic performance from him. That half volley that he forced the save from Mignolo with, that was, that, if that had gone in, we'd have just been screaming about that. That would have been like, where would that have come from? Apart from yeah. that, his, his distribution, his interceptions, his energy... I haven't seen him play with that much energy, like ever. I haven't seen him. No, neither have I. Commit himself. I mean, he's, he's... normally he runs around like he's terrified that if he goes in for a challenge, he's just going to shatter into a million pieces. And he's right yeah. to have that fear, I suppose. But it seemed to me on that day that he just chose. He just thought, no, sod it. I'm going to. I'm back from injury. Hopefully, it's not just a flash in the pan. Hopefully, it's also part of the the training we spoke about. Obviously, him coming through under Moyes when he was a youngster. Maybe it's taken him that sort of time being taken back under Moyes' wing. To... I, I, I don't know, Damo. Like, I, I, obviously, I'm not a big fan of Jack Rodwell, but I mean, it makes it even more frustrating when you see him play like that because it's like, well, where the bloody hell's that player been for the last two and a half years or whatever? Yeah. I mean, I think... he, he's been out for two months. Um, we've not missed him at all. Like, absolutely. But if we can harness a player that played like he did against Liverpool. We're certainly going to need him during January when Ndong goes. Um, I'm not. Uh, I'm just going to hold out my opinion for a couple more weeks. If he if he consistently performs well, then 
then I'll hold my hands up. But at the moment, he's still a bit of a waste of space. All right. well, I think <laughs> the interesting thing as well is Rodwell was booked uh, about 15 minutes in, and I was thinking, oh, he's gonna he's gonna do something daft and get sent off. But uh-huh. you know, he was still committed. He still put himself about, but obviously he didn't get sent off. So I think he did have a good game. Maybe it is a real Rodwell. We'll have to see. He looked. He did look like a bloke who's just realised that that record that every, we knew about, but the, like, yeah. the mainstream press didn't know about. Now that that's in the four, so every game he starts now, people on match of the day are laughing that he's still not won. Yeah. He looked like a bloke who's like, right, I need to get rid of this record. Yeah. And we've got to win just one game. If, if, if just one game, yeah. Next, doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> it's got to be about 35 now. It's, it's creeping up Thir- the full season. 37 games. 37 games. Almost an entire <laughs> season. I'm key, I've, got, I've got a tally on my wall. <laughs> That would be like a well, that would be a zero point, like a six point season or something like that, wouldn't it? Yeah, something like that. Yeah. <laughs> right. Another question then. Um, talking about January, not necessarily the window, but yeah, I suppose because we're talking about the Africa Cup of Nations. Obviously, we're going to lose. Um, we're going to use Denio. Uh, lose Denio. We're going to use. Uh, why do I keep saying that? Going to lose Kone. We're not losing Papi. I think it turned out he hasn't been called up, so we're quite. No, he's on the reserve list. He is on the reserve list, so we've got to worry about that slightly. Um, yeah, losing loads of players. Uh, we've got a question here from Nathan Barron. With our injuries and players going to the Cup of Nations, how many players can you see us bringing in? Now, I've said already, I'm just going to put it out there. I mean, we all know we're in dire financial straits, so I don't think we can look at it with anything other than a really reserved view. Do you know what I mean? I'm sure we'll still get slated by the mainstream media and by armchair pundits and fans who don't understand or fans who aren't Sunderland fans and who are just on the outside looking in. But I think we have to be very, very conservative in our optimism for this transfer window. We've got no money. I can see us bringing in a couple of loans and maybe a Bosman if there's one going about. We've looked at, uh, well, we've spoken about Leon Osman. Uh, that's looking increasingly Christ as time goes by. I know we said we said that ironically at the start of the yeah. season. We said Leon Osman yeah. had joined him. Now it's Leon Osman and probably Tony Hibbert. He's getting <laughs> the old band back together. I mean, yeah, that's so to me, that's I think that's the sort of thing we're looking at. I mean, what would you make of it, Tom? What do you expect of January? Uh, what's Tim Cale doing nowadays? <laughs> he's in he's in Melbourne, so oh, maybe we'll uh, get him out of the sun for a bit. We've got Dwight York over here. Um, really, I, I can't see anything. I think it's just, we all know. How, and I'm glad it's we've actually been told this time, instead of everyone speculating that we've got no money and not a bit of hearsay here and there. It's quite a comfort in a way that Martin Bain has actually said, yeah, we have no money, so suck it up. Um, yeah, I'm just going to have to echo what you said there. The odd Bosman, hopefully hopefully not Leon Osman. Um <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> and then, um, yeah, mate, I don't, I really don't know. I think it'll, it'll be a loan, but then I've read it's like our issue isn't really with the money, money like the the funds. It's more of like the wages, so we can't yeah. break this uh, this FFP or what. So with that, so with that in mind, though, I mean, what sort of players are we looking at getting rid of? I mean, realistically, who can we who can we see sticking well, around? Well, would Kone? Well, could we even sell Kone? Because if they go far, they're not even going to get... Who's going to be able to buy him and get medicals sorted and all this? I mean... Oh, you'll find a way, won't you? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, I losing like, or getting rid of, I think realistically, we're talking about Kazri, 
talking about yeah. Kone. Uh, yeah. We're looking at. I mean, we discussed earlier on the RR thread about whether or not it's possible that we'd be able to get rid of Coates or Lens when they're midway through loan deals. There's there's two which are cert- I reckon they'll certainly they'll be they'll, they'll try and negotiate some sort of deal to get those deals done now rather than wait until the summer. Whether it's a cut price. If you're looking at that, if if that is the case, so let's be let's be optimistic here and say that we get rid of those four players. I mean, Kone alone is on ninety grand a week. So if, if is it that much? Yeah. If if our problems are, I don't believe it is. I'm sure that's what it was. That's what they signed. Him I thought. I mean, I thought it was sixty. I thought it was probably decent wage anyway. Either way, yeah. I, mean, I, I heard ninety. Hopefully, it is ninety. But Christ, it might be. Um, either way, if we get rid of that, I mean, you're looking at each of them must be on a minute. Um, probably Coates is probably on the least of them. I would say. And he's, even then, you're looking at about 30k a week. I think you can I reckon he's probably on that. 150k a week if we get rid of those. Yeah. But then, as we say, those, those who are currently out on loan, we don't know what the situation is with their deals, whether their wages are being paid. Maybe they are. I mean, you would think they are. Otherwise, why would we get rid of Lens, as we've said before? It, it didn't make sense. I mean, yes, he wasn't happy here. He wasn't happy under Allardyce. Um, and he wanted to work with Dick Advocat. He's doing very well at Fenerbahce. It looks like that's going to be the place he stays. Um, but we don't know if that's actually going to free up any funds. So we can only really toy with the idea of losing Kone and Kazri. And, and also, you say you say lose Kone and Kazri. I mean, I mean, as much as Kone's attitude at times has been has been despicable, I mean, he'd be... He'd be It'd be a huge loss, wouldn't he? Because he, he is a fantastic centre-half. I mean, there's, there's no doubt about it. I think... I wouldn't sell Kone unless his release clause is met. Um, Kazri, on the other hand, I mean, I don't know what that lad has to do to get a start. I mean, he, he had a bit, bit of a cameo, didn't he? But on the whole, I mean, he's he's barely featured under Moyes. He'll be on a decent whack because we paid about eight or ten million for him, didn't we, last January? So he'll be on a he'll be on a good wage. I think you'll probably be able to get a decent decent fee for him. So I think he's the only one I'd look at. Um, maybe cashing in on, and even then, I mean, are we who are we going to be able to attract mid-season um, that's going to make a massive difference? It's, it's going to be really, really hard, um, and Moyes is going to have to maybe look down the leagues, isn't he? He's going to have to look at the Championship. He's going to have to look at League One, um, and hopefully pick out some players who've got, you know, a lot of bottle. I think that's what we really need. Do you reckon he'd go back in for Stephen Naismith if he could? I think if he could afford him, I think he probably would, yeah. mate, yeah. I th- and also, yeah. I mean, I wouldn't be too disheartened with someone like Stephen Naismith coming in because he's he could play out wide, couldn't he? He could, he could also play down the middle of, as a worst-case scenario. Um, he's busy. But, I mean, what's gone wrong for him at Norwich? Is, there's got to be a reason he can't get into their team. So I listened the, uh, I listened the other day to some uh, Norwich a journalist, Norwich fan, who was a journalist on that fo- uh, Football Weekly Arrival podcast, um, and he was saying that Naismith's had a bit of a attitude issue of late, but then Norwich have just gone down the pan, mm. and they've all they're all having a bit of issues with the uh, the manager there. So yeah, it might have just be But if he come, if he came up here with with Moyes in charge, who he did so well with, then you could see that working because it would be a good, it would be a very good. Like, if we're not just going to play Kazri at all, there's no point of him being here. So he might as well have someone he is going to play. 
yeah. it gives an option instead of just bringing on right backs every game. <laughs> yeah, exactly it's, right. It's, it's but a actually, classic that's a Moyes move. It really <laughs> well, is. But I mean, it did work yesterday, so yeah. yeah, I guess so. But I mean, the whole the whole Naismith is actually an interesting point because he would be, I guess, be a lot more dependable than someone like Robbie Casri because he does. I think he thinks he he loses the ball a bit too much, doesn't he? And he actually does at times. Um, so maybe he will, someone like Naismith will be a a steady pair of hands uh, and seeing Peter Crouch do well in the last few weeks it breaks my heart because I just think that he's not going to come now because I've all I've said for weeks he would be the perfect player to bring in in January because if we had someone like Peter Crouch playing at the weekend he would have given us such a better outlet because if you have someone like Crouch alongside the foe and someone like Adnan Yanazai buzzing in around them who actually we've all I can I reckon I can speak for everyone we've all been so impressed with him haven't we over the past few weeks and he's been really good. Uh, I think. I think the the key signing he needs to make is someone who he needs another big target man, and maybe that maybe if it's someone like Peter Crouch, I think I think we'd all be happy with that. Crouch has played with uh, Defoe at Portsmouth and Tottenham, hasn't he? Yeah. So there you go, rekindle yeah. and get that band back together yeah. as well. And this is literally this is what we're looking at, isn't it? Bless us, bless us all. <laughs> I think at the time being, we're looking at players who are functional players rather than good players per se. So no one really exactly wants right. to be. And Nitchie's come in; he's done a great job. We're looking at players like Naismith who they're not going to pull up any trees, but they're going to they're going to do a specific job for the team. And that's the model we're in at the moment, unfortunately. Yeah, I mean that, we can't argue against that, I suppose. Well. Uh, yeah, there are many. Um, let's stay on the transfer window just briefly. We've discussed whether or not we'll have the money to bring in players and what sort of players we're going to bring in. But again, realistically, what are we looking at? I mean, we're not going to have, as you say, we're looking for functional players, Carl. We're looking for someone who can do a job now. But is this just going to be. A, are we basically writing off this transfer window? Is this just a get something in to survive? And then just forget we did it. If it goes wrong, it goes wrong. If it goes right, fantastic. Maybe, uh, but also you've got to you've got to remember that all of the sounds coming from from Martin Bain and and from David Moyes is they want to build something for the future. So I think if they could get someone in who could maybe tick both boxes, I think I do think he'll he'll look to the Championship and League One, and he'll look. Is there any younger English players who could probably? do a steady job well, and be, also there must be there has to be there are always gems in the lower yeah, places, but it's there is but than scouting ability is the trouble but they come at a premium now don't they, they even these championship players I mean Villa spent what, close to 80 million quid um, he Ross is it Ross McCormack I, th- I swear he's, he's yeah, got a combined he's... transfer fees of something like 50 million quid now and he, yes. are you looking at Paid fifty million for Kodja and about twelve for McCormack, so and we can't even compete with that. I know. So I, mean, I think yeah, he will. He'll be looking at. He will be looking at maybe dropping even lower than the championship. Just he'll just want someone who's physical uh, and can make an impact because I think that is what David Moyes likes to do. If you think of all of his sides, they they are physical and not very nice to play against. So I think if he can find a couple of spoilers, um, that's what you'll probably go for. Well, someone mentioned earlier today about Henry Lansbury's going to Derby for like two and a half mil. I know we don't even have two and a half mil, but that's the kind of player that Moyes would love, like picking those like championship 
I don't know how old he is. I don't. I, I don't want to say like gem or youngster. Yeah, he's got to be a, bit he's out. a decent age anyway. Yeah, and he's like Moyes has always had that track record of finding those like players in the championship and moulding them into like seasoned Premier League players. And it annoyed the mags a bit more because they ate him for some reason. Yeah, I'd like that actually. I almost want him to sign him just because it it pissed them off. <laughs> I'm always up for that. We need a banter signing. Yeah. <laughs> As you say that, we've got another question actually from D Sharp, which is which youth players might get in the first team? Is Larson, Rodwell, and Denier the only midfielders? Well, we've spoken before, obviously, we've got Gooch, who's out injured. We've got Reese Greenwood, who I think Gav was talking about last time on the last episode. He was singing his praises, actually, I believe. Um, what, do you, what do you think we're looking at with, that, with our youth team, James? Do you think we're going to bring in. We, obviously we're going to have to see a little bit more of them with the African Cup of Nations and while we're sorting out transfers but do you think any of them will earn a, a spot there? I, I, to be honest I'm, I'm really, I really don't know because I very rarely watch the, the youngsters and I've only really seen them when they've broken through into the first team um, I would say that against Burnley uh, in the FA Cup, you'll certainly you'll have to bring a couple in just to just to test the water. I'd like to see um, is it uh, George Honeyman? I'd like to see him get a game. I'd like to see Asoro get a game because I know that he's he's a real talent. He's really quick and he's quite explosive. Um, but other than that, um, none of them are. They're not. They don't seem like they've got the frame or the size for the Premier League, do they? And I think that's one of the things that David Moyes will be looking at and thinking. Are they the kind of player which you can chuck into a, a really bloody hard relegation battle? Um, and will they kind of come to the forefront? I mean, Lyndon Gooch, for example, is not the biggest lad, is he? He's quite small, but he's really tenacious and he's quite stocky. I don't see that in any of the other youngsters. They're quite small and they look a bit lightweight. So I, I do wonder if, if Moyes will look at that and think, you know, maybe um, look at getting some experience heads in on loan instead well I mean we've got I mean I'm just looking at Ethan Robson as well I've heard good things about Ethan Robson but um, again I, I, I agree with what you're saying I don't think we'll see much of much of them beyond the cup I think when you consider that they've been on the bench quite quite often a few um, a few youth players have been on the bench in recent weeks and uh, they haven't got a look in do you know what I mean it's, it's always been he's, he's always no. with what you can get or what you can uh the further, the closest, what he knows. Thing, yeah, the closest thing to his first team. Um, but you can't blame him for that, can you? Because no. I mean, to be fair, Big Sam would have done the same. You go with what you think is the safe, the safest pair of hands. And I'm looking at the unused subs from the weekend, and you look at. I mean, I've, I've never even heard of Elliot Embleton or, or Michael Ledger. Embleton I mean, I've never heard of them. But I, I, they, I'm sure they're really talented lads, and I hope they do well. But I can't imagine David Moyes chucking in a player who's you know, never made an appearance into a Premier League season. I just, I, unfortunately, I can't see it. Our hope is that you can get, I guess, Stephen Pienaar fit again. Um, you can you can maybe try and get Catamon and Kershaw back as quickly as possible because um, we're going to need them. If we can still be in touch come what mid-Feb when they're all due back, it, they could be a huge boost. Yeah. Um, like on the young lads, like I'm all I'm all one giving these lads a chance. But like, firstly, we're not in the really in the position to be making these kind of gambles. And also, it's not just a case of these players haven't played Premier League football. Not many of them are going out on loan. So, 
you need you need that uh, the test in League One and League Two to get kicked about and all this because yeah. the under twenty one league or whatever it is now it's it's sanitized. It's just like they've been playing with each other for like God knows how many years. Yeah, you're like, spot on. So, but they need to be kicked up in the air by some like League One centre half who's been or, played for fifteen years. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Right. Just, yeah. Because they think they've said it on is it on Total Sport? I think Marco Gabbadini said it, or it might have been it might have been uh, Benno. One of them has said that, as you said, they've they've played with each other for years, and it's almost been played at at half pace. And none mm. of them are going to be going into fifty fifties really really battling. I mean, you might get the odd exception exception, but on the whole, they're not going to be physically ready. I wouldn't mm. have thought. Well, I mean, there's always the possibility. Yeah, exactly. That, well, I say possibility, probability. I mean. We all know that Sunderland, um, the youth team, get more chances than they probably do in any other Premier League team just because of the way we change our managers. So they always get the new manager coming in and giving them a look. So they're constantly under review. Um, when you consider the how how Watmore plays and how Gooch plays and things like that, and Pickford, do you know what I mean? The, they play with a, a real desire, a real heart and a determination to to sort of... I mean, it's the only opportunity they have, really, isn't it? When you look, I mean, fair enough, it might not, some of them might look at Sunderland and be like, oh, well, it might be in the championship next season anyway. Do you know what I mean? Which would be a shame, but I imagine they're just young lads. Surely some of them have got their careers on their mind. They're thinking more about how they can gradually build themselves up. But one one or two of them must be sitting there and going, I'm rarely to get a chance to go out in a Premier League game, score a goal, yeah. or just put in a man-of-the-match performance and just... Let the manager know, let the club know. Do you know what I mean? That I'm here, I'm ready to play. There has to be someone yeah. has to have that desire and that drive. Um, well, that's Burnley, isn't it? It's Burnley on the, Burnley on Saturdays. There, I'm sure he'll give a couple of them um, a shot because if you look at who started at the weekend, I cannot imagine that um, he'll play Defoe. Uh, he, I can't imagine he'll play Yanazai. If I were him, I'd probably leave. I'd leave all of these key players out because if we went out against Burnley at the weekend but played the youngsters, I wouldn't be too bothered because with the depth of squad we have, we can't be... Can you imagine if we go, uh, go out full strength against Burnley on Saturday and we lose Gillibodji and Defoe to injury, everyone will be... Well, that's it, season's over. So I think he needs to play the kids, give them a chance... Um, and you never, you never know. They might, as you said, they might stand out and uh, really put themselves in the frame. The trouble with that is that we'd have the only way that they're going to be able to stand out is if we already have a strong team out there. And I think I kind of agree with you in the sense that I don't think it would be a good idea for him to use our first team as much as he perhaps should if he wants to pursue a, a, a cup run. Do you know what I mean? I, I think would it be fair to say, Carl, that he, we're just sort of going to give up on the cup? Do you know what I mean? That this isn't quite as important as the league right now. I mean, I mean, as sad as it sounds, it is the FA Cup, but it's, we're just not in a situation to to go for it. If, if you look at the bench at the weekend, like James says, you don't really recognise anyone. We've got about 12, 13 players, so we just need to keep keep the first team away from the cup. As sad as that is, yeah, that's how you feel. Just keep them away. Just just bring out all the other three, basically. <laughs> put them in put them in quarantine for a week. It's just. Uh, it's it's really think, sad to say, but we just need to give the young ones a shot and keep the the players we've got fit. Sorry, yeah. with, with that, I'm sorry, uh-huh. Tom. <laughs> sorry, I mean I'm a big fan of the FA Cup, and I want us to do well. I'd love to us to go further and whatnot. But yeah, I'll have to agree with you on that. But 
You never know. I'm expecting Burnley to play a similar team as well because I assume they'll have the same frame of mind. I know they're doing a bit better, so they've got the luxury of maybe putting in more of their first team. But I, I can't actually remember a time where they took it seriously either. So it's going to be one of those. It's going to be like 14,000 there, two reserve teams playing, and it'll probably be crap and three. <laughs> It was a nightmare know. draw, wasn't it? Because as soon as you saw the draw yeah. cup, you were like, you didn't want someone like Burnley at home. You wanted a you wanted a low-ranking team at home. You didn't want a, a relegation rival, which is just going to be another battling performance where, you know, we, we do without... Talking about that, I mean, I suppose we'll move on again. We'll, we'll come back to how Burnley might line up against us tomorrow. But, um, yeah, what about the 4-1 loss? Let's just... Let's just speak about it. Let's cast our minds back to that grim day. And, uh, it was bloody awful. <laughs> it was bloody awful. It was just a terrible game. It was, like, from start to finish, just, I've, like I said, I was stood next to the lovely people of Burnley. And it was just horrible. And you just knew it was coming from like the first minute. Of, I thought, I could see the coming. like, these want it more than us. It was clear. And then just one ball over the top every single time, and it was just thinking I've not had we've not had one of those like truly horrific Sunderland performances, like for, well, about, for about three, three weeks. weeks. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Not since uh, I was trying to think when we collapsed at Ar- against Arsenal. I think that was the last time that was pretty grim. But this that was Arsenal. Swansea away. Swansea. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Swansea, Sorry. Yeah. yeah, was that that well, as well? Is, Sorry, it, I forgot it, about it, that it, one. It, <laughs> Someone asked me about it because I'm obviously down south. They're all Chelsea and the occasional Plastic Man U fan and people like that. This Chelsea fan said to me, "He's like, must be a roller coaster supporting Sunderland." It's like, yeah, it sort of is. Except <laughs> when you get off a roller coaster, you feel like you feel like you've accomplished something. Do you know what I mean? You feel like you've moved a little bit further forward. You've gone from point A. We to point can't a. get yeah. off. It's like we can't get off. You know that point where you're really sick and. You want it to stop, but you realise that you're like the furthest point through a roller coaster that you can possibly be, and you just have to stay on. That's what it's like. But similarly, on that note, moving from a game where we our form is atrocious, our players don't know what they do, what they're doing. There's no communication, and when you consider that it isn't a massive tactical player change that seems to cause, that seems to bring the team together, it isn't like we're missing this one player who, when he's on the pitch. Everybody does their job. I mean, I would argue that that's catabolic, but we can dream for when he comes back. But in reality, we aren't. The, the teams that are going out and getting their asses kicked are then almost essentially the same teams are going out like a week, two weeks later and performing admirably. They're fighting, they're, they're understanding where they're supposed to be. They know they, they can make these little balls, they can make these through balls, they can make these passes that normally they can't string together. Do you know what I mean? Sometimes they look like a pub team, sometimes they look like a Premier League team. Why is that? Week in, week yeah. out. It's mentality. It's meant, it's, it's, I think it only comes down to mentality and maybe concentration because the performance at Burnley, it, was, it seemed to be as soon as they scored, their heads dropped and it almost... Every time we get battered, they seem to have that same mentality, don't they? Is when, when they go down, they think, "Oh bollocks, we're not going to get out of this." Where you know, at home, we we did we went one 0 down against Liverpool, but when you've got that home crowd there, and when you we seem to go for it as soon as we conceded, which got the crowd back on side a bit. Um, 
it just gives the players something to cling to. Um, I mean, looking at our games coming up, we've got so we got Burn, we got Burnley in the cup, then we got Stoke at home. I mean, I, I mean, you must all agree. I mean, Stoke now that's probably a must win. Actually, you've got you've probably got to beat Stoke, and then no, you've got to go. We yeah, yeah jinxed it now, man. Um, <laughs> um, but then we've got, then we've got to go to West Brom, who are in fantastic form, um, and then we got Spurs at home after that. So it's a really tough month we've got coming. January is going to be hard, and if we can come out the back of those three Premier League games with with four points, say, I think we'd all take that, wouldn't we? Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll take whatever you yeah. give me now. So four points. Yeah, as long as, we, as long as we're getting something, <laughs> yeah. I'll you. I'll you. Anything, anything less than four demo is where that. Then you start getting cut adrift because if you look, teams around us are going to pick up more than I that, or maybe not whole. Because I mean, awful. Obviously, looking at the table after we got that point against Liverpool, and I wasn't expecting us to be like anywhere further up. Obviously, it's only a point, but I was, I was, I was watching it with a West Ham fan, mate, mate, and I was thinking a couple of weeks ago. All it, all it would have taken was for you to, well, the, keep the result that they had. I can't remember who they were playing, and for us to have done over Swansea, and we would then have leapfrogged West Ham. And then I looked at where West Ham are, and they're like twelfth in the table or something like that. It's 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 remarkable how tight the table is right now. Do you know what I mean? For the they're only about six seven points ahead of us. No, they're thirteenth on twenty two. Yeah, West Ham thirteenth on twenty two. Yeah, ahead of us. So that's two wins and a draw. Yeah, or rather two losses for them. It's it's incredible how tight it's become now when you can... I think the important thing is to keep keep place with Palace and they're currently getting beat by Swansea, so I'm not quite sure how that how that boards for us, but I mean if if we can keep Palace close close enough and try and get a few points ourselves, it's gonna look half decent. I I they just I look at so if Swansea beat Palace tonight that's I mean we we could do without that really. Because um, I, I genuinely don't think Palace will be. I just have this feeling that they're, they're going to get out of it with Sam. We saw what he did to us, and he's had a much better group of players than he had than he had when he was with us. So I can't imagine Palace being in and around it coming into the season, which means you need Holland Swansea to stay down there. There's going to be another couple of teams who get dragged into it. I think Watford could easily get dragged back into it. Um, other than that, I mean, maybe Leicester. You look at them; they've been. They've not been very good, have they, at all? Um, the, co- uh, the confidence is at an all-time low, so you know they could easily, easily get dragged into it as well. Middlesbrough as well. I'd love to see them get dragged into it. <laughs> <laughs> the, the thing with Middlesbrough is that they don't score a lot, but they don't concede a lot, so no. a lot of the games are tight. It's, it's quite hard to judge. So we're looking at, um, well, that's it, basically, I suppose. We're looking at Burnley. What what we're going to do for predictions, we're, we're thinking that we're going to bring out a really... Uh, a weak team, if, if that's something we're even capable of doing now, um, or something we don't do every week, rather. Um, we think they're going to do what? They're not going to do the same, are they? I mean, Tom mentioned that they might, they might go for the same idea. Well, well, I imagine they'll. You mention Joey Bond. Oh uh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Oh well, if, you, if we must. Yeah, uh, that that lovely bloke could be playing. I imagine. So he has. Some, um, he's banned. Well, I I thought he was clear to play, but then there's this betting thing hanging yeah. over his head. I don't know if that was. I don't know if he is banned or. Well, if he isn't banned, that's that's great, I guess. I but, either way, but, it's yeah, a nightmare if they win. Just imagine the Twitter message. It's oh yeah, yeah. Still going about the five-one or something. Yeah, carry on. Sorry. <laughs> 
Uh, yeah, I imagine Burnley to like rest players the likes of uh, Heaton and that Defoe, and possibly possibly one of Gray or Vokes. Um, I imagine I, I quite fancy us to win, to be honest. Even if we yeah. go out, I think he will play Defoe. I think he'll start with Defoe. I think it won't be that much change because I think he's going to be a little bit reluctant to just throw kids in because that's just that's just the kind of feeling I have from Moyes. I'd like to see a few add, um, like added, but with a with an experienced head next to them, so they're not just like you know to fend for themselves. Yeah. So maybe you've got someone like a Pienaar and a, and a Larson, but always took one of the youngsters in alongside him play. Yeah. Probably Math. I can imagine Mankilo. He'll he start. Kaz will only be with Tunisia at the African Cup Nations. I don't think they qualified. I'm not sure. Yeah, he will. <laughs> he will be, yeah. And also, it, it, um, Joy Bon is, has been registered in time, so he is available. Um, he'll, st- he'll start. It's guaranteed he'll start. Probably going to score, isn't he? But but Sunderland will win. 2-1. That's my prediction. What about you, Carl? Christ, uh, yeah, I'll say 2-1 as well. A bit of positivity. Fair enough. And Tom, you think we're going to snatch a win as well? I think we'll smash them for now, mate. <laughs> Getting people playing the kids. We're hosting them. So, yeah, that yeah. is a Zorro hat-trick. It's been much better than our life. And Burnley's away form has mm, been dire. So it could, it could play yeah. into our hands. and then. But I suppose it doesn't really matter in the long run because we know we'll only get knocked out of the cup in a couple of... Well, a couple of rounds? No. One That's round. a spirit. I hate it, man. I, I hate watching <laughs> someone in the cup. So, you know, it was, it was uh, especially <laughs> after the League Cup run. So, you know, I didn't get to go to Wembley, and I'm sort of glad I didn't, because I'd just be torn up inside. At, at that oh, it was amazing. Yeah, the loss itself, like, I, was, I was heartbroken as it was. I can't nah, the, the whole... It was worth it just for the day. Like, the day and the night of... If the night before in Covent Garden was just like absolutely yeah, I remember, mental, I remember the it headlines was, and people it was like slagging, slagging off the Sunderland fans like hooligans, hooligans come to Covent Garden. <laughs> it's like, it was just like fun. two thousand Rackhams just like drained every single um, off license within about a mile radius. It was absolutely class. Oh, fair enough. Well, I'm probably gonna go for. A, I'm gonna be the pessimist since Callum's not with us today, so I'm gonna say we're gonna get beaten. And uh, boys <laughs> is still an arsehole. <laughs> Everything Callum would say. Um, yeah. Exactly right. right. Well, thanks for joining us. Uh, thanks for being here again, guys. Um, yeah, that's all we've got time for. So, next week we will be back to the usual times now that Christmas and New Year's are over. We'll be coming back to you on Monday with the next episode and we'll have some of the usual suspects back. Uh, Tom won't be uh, involved in any asbestos or anything like that, so that'll probably do him some favours, unless we lose him to asbestos at some point in the next week. <laughs> more on that more on that news as it develops don't forget you can subscribe to us on iTunes and Acast uh, yeah this is the Riker Report signing off ever catch yourself eating the same flavourless dinner three days in a row dreaming of something better well HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. 
When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.